the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Though we know this and are inspired by it, too many of us live, make decisions, seek pleasures, and pursue fame and fortune based on secularism that leads to our demise rather than trusting in the foundational truth of God's word. There's only one way to rise from unfulfilling mediocrity to inexplicable greatness. His name is Jesus Christ, and his way is straight and narrow. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander sets the record straight. We are to use our God-given wealth to support the work of God. We're to use what he has blessed us with to be a blessing to our own families. Families, We are to use our resources to be a blessing to the government and even to the poor. Secondly, it is absolutely amazing how many Christians will have problems giving to God at least 10% of their income and then waste it on gambling. Even if one wins, he has it for a few moments and it's gone. He has no treasures in heaven, no eternal dividends. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me tell you something. Gambling will rob you of your eternal investment. I repeat, gambling will rob you of your eternal investment. The issue is not the treasures we gain here on earth, but rather the treasures we lay up where? In heaven. Gambling is, the word is destructive. It's destructive. John 10, 10, a says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Gambling will, it'll it steal from you. It, it can even kill people. There are gamblers who commit suicide. Destroy your life. Satan uses gambling to destroy, mar- to destroy marriages, to destroy your finances, to destroy your health, to destroy your reputation, to destroy your character, and to even destroy your work ethic. Gambling destroys contentment. Say contentment. First Timothy six, six, eight says now godliness with contentment is great gain. You do not get contentment from gambling and having food and clothing with these. We shall be content. Contentment is in Christ alone, not in the things of this world system. And let me ask you a question. Is Jesus enough for you? Are you satisfied with Christ? Uh, Let me tell you something about gambling. Tell you something else about gambling. Gambling leads to financial bondage. And when one gets into debt, it hinders the work of God. Gambling will break you. Gambling will put you in unnecessary debt. Romans 13, 8a says, owe no one anything except to love one another. 
to keep you gambling, casinos, for those of you who go to casinos, some of y'all won't give to God, but you'll catch a boat off of Louisiana coast somewhere. You go to Atlantic City or going down to Vegas or go somewhere down in Mexico, okay? To keep gambling, casinos give you easy access access to credit cards, ATM machines, cheap food, and plenty of alcohol to dull your senses when you're on that cruise ship. And it's just crazy. Sometimes I just like to see what's going on because I'm not going to a gentleman's club or none of that kind of stuff. You know, you say, yeah, you were going in a witness. No, you weren't. But, but, but when I'm on that cruise ship sometime, sometimes I just want to walk in there at early in the morning. Late in the evening. And sometimes I just I'm just walking through and I'm gazing and I'm looking at all these folk. I see folk in their 80s, folk 85, 90 on, on canes. I see young folk in there just spinning and dialing and doing this and that. And I'm just walking through and I'm just looking at people who are held captive. They can't stop. They run to that stuff. They're in bondage and they keep giving them drinks, drinks, drinks. So you don't even have sense enough to know what you're doing. And after a while, the first day of the cruise, you already broke. Everything's gone. Look how quiet it's getting now. Uh, Let me go on. Gambling puts faith in chance or luck. The word is chance or luck rather than trusting God to supply your needs. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Our confidence, faith, trust, and reliance must be in God and God alone. We're not to live by chance and we're not to live by luck. And a matter of fact, you all not say I was lucky today. You're not ever fix your, ooh, y'all, guess what? I was so lucky. Luck ought not even be in your vocabulary. Get luck out. God, we don't live by luck. No, no. No, 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 luck. If you're living right, you got it right, you're being blessed. And if you're stealing and cheating and undermining to get it, you're living by the devil. You live in hellish. Any trust in luck rather than God is a form of idolatry. Won't you write that one down? Any trust in luck rather than God is a form of what? Idolatry. Worshiping the gods of luck and chance is an offense to God's character. Gambling is a kind of secularized divination. It promotes a worldview in direct contradiction to the Bible. Let me tell you what gambling does. Gambling emphasizes the word is getting rather than giving. You want to get. You want to get, get. You don't want to give. It emphasizes getting rather than giving. It promotes greed as well. Acts 20, 35b says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, but such is not the case in gambling. Let me tell you about gambling. Gambling seeks to profit from another's loss. Gambling seeks to profit from another's loss. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than them, better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You're not seeking the interests of others if you're trying to profit from another person's loss. Gambling promotes self 
selfishness rather than brotherly love, justice and mercy as the Bible commands to take from one's neighbor in an unfair exchange is not love. To take from one's neighbor in an unfair exchange is not love. To set up a system in which those least able to afford it lose their livelihood is not justice. And to continue operating a system that exploits human weakness while promoting personal pleasure and profit over others' pain and loss is not mercy. Beloved, while you're rejoicing over your winnings, someone else is crying over their losses. This is not love, nor is it mercy. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Gambling creates the thirst of get rich quick. It creates the thirst of get rich quick. That's of the flesh and not of the spirit of God. You want to make money, make it fast. You want to be a millionaire like right now. Proverbs 28, 22 says a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come to him. You try to get rich schemes and all this stuff and, and try to get take shortcuts you end up being impoverished. People who are led by the spirit of God will seek the kingdom of God first and not money. Matthew six thirty three says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Let me tell you about gambling. Gambling contradicts the divine mandate of possessing a good work ethic. It, it, con- it contradicts the divine mandate of possessing The word is a good work ethic. You say, what do you mean? Look at Genesis chapter two, verse 15. It says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. Adam was created to work, which is why there was work before the fall of man. Before the curse, there was work. Work is healthy. Proverbs 13, 11 says, wealth gained by by dishonesty will be diminished. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Pastor Rander continues today's message with forthright language as led by the Holy Spirit. Through him, God reveals to us the things that keep us in secular bondage, addictions to pornography, gambling, social media, illegal drug use, prescription drug abuse, getting rather than giving get-rich-quick schemes, and so much more that leads to the unthinkable crimes and depraved we regularly hear about through the news media. Our sovereign God can and will change things when we obediently walk by faith in Him and not by sight. Listen closely. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11-12 through 12 also says that you also aspire to lead a quiet life to mind your own business. Now, that's a whole lot of people there. Some of you are addicted to not minding your own business. You're you're addicted to being in everybody else's business. That's another form of addiction. You know, you just in every, you all over the place. Mind your own business and to work with your own hands. 
That's what the scripture says. As we commanded you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Gambling will bring about an increase of crime and poverty. Where there's a lot of gambling, there will be an increase of crime and poverty. First Timothy 6.10a says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, some people misquote that and say money is the root of all evil. Money is, money is the root of all evil. You see, no, money is not evil. Just paper. Okay. Money is not evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. It's nothing wrong with having money. It's nothing wrong with having a good amount of money. As long as you've acquired it honestly. And you'll not get upset with somebody who has more money than you. There will always be people who have more than you and less than you. Always be people driving a better car, dressing better, more education, higher job status. Be content with what God has blessed you. And you be faithful to God. He will be faithful to you. And just thank God that it could be even worse in your life. Uh, Gambling drives the poor. The word is deeper into poverty. It drives them deeper into poverty. When the Social Security checks, Long Star cards, food stamps arrive, and the meager subsistence of the poor are gambled away, the poor are driven deeper into poverty. Proverbs 14, 31 says, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. That's God. But he who honors him has mercy on the needy. When parents gamble, they become poor examples. Parents, you must not be gambling. You become poor examples to your children. Children learn by what they see us do. The gambling industry even provides child care and entertainment services for the children while their parents gamble. First Corinthians 11, one says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Ooh, it's quiet in here now. You all are thinking, and I thank God for it. Let me tell you something about gambling. Gambling is addicting, whereas God wants us free. God wants us free. The experience of the gambler is similar to that of the alcoholic. He deludes himself into thinking that he will not become addicted only to see his life spiral out of control. He denies he has any problems, even though his family disintegrates. He ends up with enormous debts and even steals to cover his losses. The gambler promises to quit, but rarely follows through unless he experiences a disaster, which brings him face to face with the reality of his situation. Galatians chapter five, verse one says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We must not be addicted to anything in this world system. We were bought with a price. Christ cannot be glorified unless he has exclusive rights to our lives. Christ don't want you sharing your life with the devil, with the world. Or with, the, or with the system. Okay? Christ wants exclusive rights to you and me. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, you were bought at a price. 
What price? With the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your what? Body and in your spirit, which are God. Your spirit belongs to God. Your soul belongs to God. You belong to God. Okay? Salvation is from God. Heaven is from, from God. We also cannot give the Lord our best until we have been set free from bondage and enslavement to sin. From bondage and enslavement to sin. So many under my voice are in bondage and enslaved by sin. Okay, let's go to the next weight that bogs us down. You must strip yourselves of excessive exposure to social media. Okay? To engage in social media is not a sin. Let me, some of you, your jobs are connected with it. We understand that, okay? I'm not saying that is a sin. It becomes sinful when it has control over you instead of you being in control over it. Am I getting through? Approximately 350 approximately 350 million people are suffering from Facebook addiction disorder that is detected through a simple uh, set of six criterias. Number one, tolerance. This term is used to describe the desperate behavior of a Facebook addict. They spend an increasing amount of time of the, on the site coming to a stage where they need it in order to obtain satisfaction or on the other extreme, it is having a detrimental effect on their lives. Secondly, withdrawal symptoms. These become obvious when one is restricted from using Facebook because they have to participate in normal everyday activities. Common signs are anxiety, distress, and the need to talk about Facebook and what might have been posted on their wall in their absence. Number three, reduction of normal social and recreational activities. Someone suffering from Facebook addiction disorder will reduce the time spent catching up with friends. They don't play sports because of Facebook or whatever they used to used to enjoy. They don't do it anymore because they're they are they are just addicted to Facebook to just simply spend more and more and more and more time on Facebook is ruling and dominating their life. Fake friends. <laughs> if eight out of 10 people shown on their Facebook page are complete strangers, it is undeniable. They have a serious case of Facebook addiction disorder, complete addiction. When they meet new people, uh, they say their name, followed by, I'll talk to you on Facebook. Or for those who are extremely bad, I'll see you in Facebook. Their pets have a Facebook page. And any notifications, wall posts, inboxes, or friend requests that they receive give them a high. One which can be compared to what gambling addicts get from the poker or the roulette table. Wow. Number six, you must strip yourself of the use of illegal drugs, illegal drugs. In 2013, estimated 24.6 million Americans age 12 or older, 9.6% of the population has, has used an illicit drug in the past month. In 2013, there were 19.8 million 
uh, current marijuana users, about 7.5% of people aged 12 or older. In 2013, the number of current cocaine users aged 12 or older was 1.5 million. Methamphetamine use was higher in 2013 with 595,000 current users. Most people use drugs for the first time when they are teenagers. There were just over 2.8 million new users of illicit drugs in 2013, or about 7,800 new users per day. Over half, 54.1%, were under 18 years of age. More than half of new illicit drug users begin with marijuana. With marijuana. Colorado has gone crazy uh, legalizing that stuff. And now they're trafficking that stuff all over in other states. Next most common are, are prescription pain relievers followed by inhalants, commonly known as huffing, uh, using glue or paint. Drug use is the highest among people in their late teens and 20s. In 2013, 22.6% of 18 to 20 year olds reported using an illicit drug in the past month. Drug use is increasing among people in their 50s, some old drug users. Yeah, your 50s and early 60s, still huffing and puffing. This, this increase is in part due to the aging of the baby boomers whose rates of illicit drugs use have historically been higher than those of previous generations. Number seven, you must strip yourself of the abuse, the word is abuse, of prescription drugs. Prescription drugs. 52 million people in the, U- in the U.S. over the age of 12 have abused prescription drugs in their lifetime. 6.1 million people have abused prescription drugs in the past month. Most abused Prescription drugs fall under three categories. Painkillers, 5.1 million people are using them. Tranquilizers, 2.2 million are using them. Stimulants, 1.1 million are using them. Reasons teens use prescription drugs. Why do do teens use them? Because they're easy to get from parents' medicine cabinets. Easy to get through other people's prescription Less shame attached to using prescription drugs. Uh, Why do teens use them? Easy to purchase over the Internet. Parents just don't care as much if caught using prescription drugs as compared to illicit drugs. How do you gain victory over all these addictions? You say, well, you still didn't call mine. Okay, well, let me just call some some that I don't have time for. Talking too much. Addiction, lying, addiction, gossip, reality shows, news, huh? Yeah, Uh, shopping, eating too much, bad eating, sweets, overuse of caffeine, okay? And on and on and on it goes, okay? So if I didn't call yours and everything else I didn't call, this is how you gain victory over addiction. And I will give it to you this time. at this time. You must be born again. There's no way you're going to conquer addiction apart from Christ. 
You must be born again through believing that Jesus is the son of God. Only then will you have the power within to help you have victory over your addictions. Colossians chapter one, verses 12 through 14 says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered you. Who is he? Jesus pronoun. Jesus has delivered you from the domain of darkness. All of us born in darkness, headed, we were lost, headed to hell. But when we trusted Christ, he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. We've been transferred from darkness to light to the kingdom of, our, of his beloved son because of our trusting Jesus Christ alone as our personal savior. B, you have to first admit that you have an addiction, then confess and surrender them to Jesus. You have to admit, you have to confess, you have to surrender. Own up to it, to Jesus Christ, first of all and foremost. Remaining in a state of denial will only perpetuate the problem. Psalms 32, 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you and all my iniquity I have not hidden. Stop hiding your sins. Be sure your sin will find you out. You may get by, but you will not get away. God does not have blinders on, my friends. God knows how to expose you. You know better. I said, the scripture said, I said, I will confess. Confess is to agree with God about your sins. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In Him alone we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 